0: wish the fathers a happy Father's Day. The scripture has a lot of teaching in it. Reminds me of parallel as I look at it at times. My younger days, I loved roller coasters. The wilder, the better. I just enjoyed being on them. Get old, and my equilibrium says, don't get on them. But I enjoyed roller coasters. I enjoyed the twists, the turns, the unexpected changes. Why? Because I knew somebody had designed that, and that whatever it was there that was, appeared to be a problem would not be a problem. Been on a roller coaster, and you're going straight ahead, and it looks like there's a big train coming right at you. And you know that they're not going to collide. You don't know what's going to happen, but you know they're not going to collide. And you get there, and it goes down like that. Saying that to say, you trust the one who designed the ride. Life is like that. Life has no guarantee that it's going to go smooth, but you have to be able to trust the one who designed the life that we live. You've got to put your trust in God. There are going to be some dips. There are going to be some unexpected turns. There are going to be some things that you did not expect, but you've got to trust The one who created the life that we live. What Paul is telling the Colossians. You've got to trust God. He lays down some rules, some guidelines. They may not seem pleasant at times. But they are right. You may have something unexpectedly happen. Sometimes you have the rug jerked out from under your feet and you fall flat on your back. Well, where are you looking when you're flat on your back? You're looking up. Looking up to God. God has an awareness of what we're doing, has a plan for us. We may not fully see it, we may not fully understand it, but we have to have a trust That he is in control. And there are purposes for what happens to us in our life. The disappointments, the heartaches, the death, whatever else it may be, there's a reason for them. Part of it is to keep our trust, our hope in God, to believe that he hears, that he answers our prayers, but he works his will out in our life. And it may not be exactly as we had wished it to be. We have to learn to be people who have learned to lean on the Lord. Proverbs 3 and verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on to your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. It's hard for us to do that, that letting go, if you will, to trust God. It's hard for us to not want to be in control and to make those decisions in the direction that our life is going to go only to find out that really we do not have that control that we think we do. We have no control over situations, no control over decisions that are made by someone else that as they trickle down, they affect you. So you have to put your trust in God. Lean not on your own understanding. We have our thoughts, we have our ideas of what we think ought to happen, the way things ought to go. We have an idea of what we think should be the case in raising children, interacting with neighbors, interacting at work. And we find out it doesn't always go that way. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Whatever turn you're taking, whatever direction you're going, There's a need for us to trust God with all our heart. He knows. He knows what we're going to be facing, He knows what we're going to need. And it's already been supplied. Sometimes we just do not see it, sometimes until it's too late. But oftentimes we do not see that hand of his in working in our lives. Roller coasters, I love the dips. Oh, those are fun. They're rough in life when they happen. Sometimes they're hard to deal with. But I know God is there. I know he's designed a life. That he's working his will out. Mine is to learn to trust Him along the way. Have to learn to lean on the Lord for salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For our grace you are saved through faith. It's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. That learning to understand Who we are in Christ is because of Christ and what He's already done for us. Ours is just a response to what He has provided for us. It is that gift of God. We do not earn it, we do not deserve it, we cannot pay it back. It's a gift. And we need to be reminded of that in the life that we live. The life that we have itself, the physical life that we have, is a gift that God has given to us. We're reminded that our life is a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. So it's a gift that we have. And it's hard for us as individuals at times to realize we're not in control. We're not the ones that make things happen. There's a lot of factors that go on that we really do not see. It goes on in life and a lot of things in the spiritual realm that we do not see. I do not know if God still does what he did with Job. But it's interesting that he would give us that account. I don't think it's just for the purpose of saying, here's what happened to Job. Learn that lesson. But the thought that God Almighty, in confrontation with the devil, could choose a man and say, Have you considered my servant Job? Does what is right, hates what is evil. Upright in all his ways. And for Satan to say, I'll prove you wrong. But that confidence that God has in a human being, you think it was just Job? You do not think it comes down to us today as well? The confidence that God has in you as a human being, that you will do what is right, that you can learn to hate what is evil and be upright in all the things that you do. For Job, it's because he trusted God. I know my Redeemer lives. If he takes my life, he can give it again. Do we have that trust that willingness to, <laughs> hard for us, that willingness to let go. To let go. And to put, take God at his word that he works his will out. We do what we can. But see what we do, when we do what we can, we're using what God has given to us. The mind that he's given to us. The emotions that he's given to us. Understanding full well that as we do that, wherever we are in our lifespan, that we don't have our full knowledge, don't have a full understanding. So all, is, all, all of ours is always an avenue of trust. Trusting God to know that what he's doing will work out for good. We're reminded in Matthew 18, verse 3. Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, except ye be converted, and become as little children, ye will not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Lest ye become as little children. Children have a trust, particularly in their parents. But they also have a trust in adults. And at times we get to be reminded of that. They believe what you say. Be careful what you tell them. They believe what you say. We were reminded of that recently after a camp. Years ago we had a camper up there and talking to the camper. They asked, what are we having for breakfast in the morning? And I have a tendency to tease I said, we're having Cheerios, and you get five. After the day was going on, I was thinking, you know, children trust you. You better keep your word. So I arranged it for the next morning when the child came through. There was a bowl there that had five Cheerios in it, and they put it on her plate. She so found a way to get back, but that's okay. But I'm saying they, they trust. Unless you become like little children, unless you have a trust. For us, it's in God. It's in Jesus. It's in the Holy Spirit. It's in the word that he's given to us. Lest we have a trust that whatever he does, whatever he says, Whatever he asks of us, he is with us. Always reminded of Ephesians 3 and verse 20. Our God, he is able. I like that part just alone as it is. Our God, he is able. But the rest of it is just blows you away. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that you ask or think according to that power that works within us. Wow. Do I believe that? Do I believe it enough to trust him as I walk through this life? Whatever it is that I have to face, God is there and will help me through this life. We have to learn how to lean on God for strength in our life. In Isaiah 40, verses 30 and 31, even the youth shall faint and be weary and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up with wings as eagles and shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. But notice the phrase they that wait on the Lord. Those that have a trust in God. We're always at times anxious. We're always at times willing to to jump in and, and not wait. To give our response and not wait. Upon the Lord. The psalmist reminds us in Psalm 147, verses 10 and 11 He delighteth not in the strength of the horse, he taketh, he taketh not pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. That's what the Lord takes to light. Those that have a respect for him. It's an impossibility. So it does no good to really to speculate. But there's absolutely no way that we could humanly understand what it would be like to live a life that God was not in control. He created this world. He molded and shaped it according to His will. He placed us in His world. He provided what we need to exist in this world. He's given us His word to guide us as we walk through this world. And to anticipate another world that He's prepared for those that love Him. Do I think in all of that that he has abandoned me at any time? That he's not aware of who I am, what I am doing? That he does not not know my thoughts and the intents of my heart? And knows what I'm thinking. How can I forget him? And how can I not consider Him as I make decisions in my life as to what I'm going to do? Do I not trust Him to be that little child that have that absolute trust in the Father who is above? Paul reminds us in Philippians 4 and verse 19, My God shall supply all your need According to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, God shall supply all your needs. He does not say how, he does not say in the manner in which they shall be supplied. He says, He shall supply your needs. He has made us family. He's made us a spiritual family and a family cares for one another and a family takes care of one another. John will say, if you see your brother in need and you have goods and you share it not with him, how does the love of God abide in you? We tend to, To want to be self-sufficient. We develop that attitude when we're fairly young. As we begin to grow and reach that point that I can do it. We usually say, me do it. Me do it. I can do that. I can do do it myself. may take me a while, but I'll get it done. And sometimes as adults, we, we try to do that. And we forget. We have a God who so loves us that he wants to help us if we will but turn to him and trust him. But we want to work it out ourselves. And that does not always work. I think a number of them have already disappeared but I have a number of projects that never quite have worked out the way that I thought they ought to work out. Because I wouldn't ask anybody to help me. Well, I want to do it myself. Well, they go by the wayside. I just do not want that to be the case with my spiritual soul. I do it myself. There's no way that works. My God supplies. My need according to the riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He supplies. He abundantly gives. He's blessed a hundred times over. The disciples talked one time about leaving family to follow him. And he would remind them, if you've left families to follow me, you gain it a hundredfold. You don't lose And following God. Your life is only enriched enriched and blessed beyond measure. When you follow Christ. Just thinking. About the God in heaven. Having laid out a course for you. May have its dips. May have its sudden turns. May be unexpected things that take place. But God is in control. He's with me each step that I take. And that makes a world of difference in the life I live. Does it in yours? Do you trust him absolutely? That his will is being done? That as you walk, you're looking to him for guidance. Looking to his word for counsel. Finding out what it is that you need to do. And then you're striving to do it doesn't say it's going to be easy talk about the responsibilities of parents and children husbands and wives servants and masters but whatever you, whatever you do you do it because Christ lives within you and you're the one that has to answer that question this morning. Does he? Are you have you allowed Christ to live in you? It only comes by our hearing the word of God, believing that Jesus indeed is the Christ, the Son of the living God, a willingness to understand that sin is what separates separates us from God, our doing our own will, that we need to repent of those sins, turn from them. That we need to acknowledge, confess, that Jesus is the Christ, the only Christ, the only Savior of mankind. Then to obey that Savior in baptism for the remission or the forgiveness of sins, so that we may be raised to walk a new life, to be able to do that. God is always there. His invitation is always there. At any time that one decides that they need to obey Christ, that is the time in which to do it. An opportunity is granted to you this morning, if that be your need, to be able to do that. If you listen to that invitation song as we sing it, I am resolved no longer to linger, charmed by the world's delight. That be the case. If we could assist you in changing your life, assist you in making or creating a new life in Christ Jesus, if you have that need, if we could help you, then indeed we bid you to come as together. We stand and sing.